Hello everyone and welcome to the House of Lotus podcast, a platform dedicated to spiritual research and development. This podcast is meant to throw a little bit of light onto the path of each one of us and hopefully assist each of our listeners to take their own next step. With good intentions and one eye always on our truth, please remain open to what lies ahead. From my heart to yours and from my mind to yours, may our spirit show us the way. On this episode, we will speak of the processes we go through when time comes to remove ourselves from this physical plane and explain what happens during that intermediary stage between each incarnation. This knowledge can help understand and accept life as a continuum, changing only in the dimension the soul experiences at any given moment. Please take a deep breath, relax and enjoy. Before we proceed in our exploration of death and the afterlife, I think it would be helpful to summarize a few of the concepts expanded upon in our previous episode on Incarnation. Cosmos, the universe, existence itself, is ruled by and even synonymous with ceaseless motion, a cyclic rhythm that is observed in all dimensions of all worlds. Creation emerges in such cycles as well. When time comes, the Absolute manifests itself from the darkness of space and light springs forth. The light or Logos thereafter progressively creates the cosmos and the corresponding universe together with all of its dimensions down to the densest physical world. When spirit and consciousness reach this other end of the spectrum, physical reality and truly manifest in all their glory, the spiraling evolutionary movement that is the path of the all brings them back towards spirit to be reabsorbed back into the absolute, waiting to re-emerge during its next evolutionary cycle. In a similar manner, consciousnesses are sparked into existence from the fire of spirit. The first emanation comes at the level of the monad, where the consciousness is aware only of itself as spirit. Then, as the Absolute manifested itself in the lower frequencies, so does the monad expand itself into the lower dimensions. The soul is thereby born, and likewise expands itself down into the worlds of matter and personal experience. The term soul will be used here to mean that aspect of our consciousness that occupies those dimensions between the monad, our individualized spirit, and the personality, our physical, emotional, and mental planes. These processes and the particular aspects of the soul are discussed extensively in episodes 12 on personality, soul, and spirit, as well as episodes 18 on the seven dimensions and 20 on the absolute beingness. 
Each cycle of existence, both of the soul and the cosmic, takes place progressively, step by step, and each step is a cycle in itself, made of many, even smaller cycles. The creation of each dimension, the life of certain species, and incarnation into the mineral, plant, and animal realms are all cycles, steps that need to be taken one by one, through which the consciousness will train and evolve. The path of the soul, then, reflecting and corresponding to that of the Absolute, is to go through all worlds and manifest in each one, to collect experiences and become aware of itself, to materialize its true spiritual nature and fulfill its potential in the flesh, and ultimately become one again with the monad, now fully realized. The soul, in its journey to fully realize itself and manifest its spiritual essence, appears periodically as a personality and reenacts in the microcosmic analogy the macrocosmic appearance and disappearance of countless universes. It therefore thrusts itself in the world of matter and lives as a human, and when time comes, reabsorbs its essence back from the physical body and dies, only to repeat the process when its karma demands it, having passed through the necessary processes. One of the very first questions that might rise when talking about death is why do we need to die? The answer is the fundamental law of periodicity that underlies the cosmos, applying of course in all levels of existence. Such is the nature of the cosmos, physical and otherwise. Day and night, ebb and flow, life and death. Everything manifests through an outbreath of activity, followed by an inbreath of rest, only to be outbreathed again in a new cycle. Each world, each dimension, reenacts this law in its own analogy. Physical matter and biology have their own restrictions. Our bodies wear out as everything else. Remember, though, that the physical universe unfolds to accommodate the natural development of spirit and manifest the all. Death, then, periodicity, exists as everything in the universe to serve that same purpose. Let us now examine how such arrangement serves our soul as the microcosmic emanation of spirit. In its manifestation, a part of the soul goes through the lower dimensions and clothes itself with matter from each one. In order to exist, the soul needs a vessel or a body that corresponds to the dimension it wants to experience. The soul, therefore, to reach the lowest dimension in the physical body, will have already clothed itself in matter from the preceding dimensions, the astral, mental, and the higher spiritual ones. These bodies become, in a general sense, the seven layers of our aura, the focal points of which 
are the chakras in our body. Chakras are energy centers in our body. Each one corresponds to different physical, emotional, mental and spiritual functions. Our personality, our behavior, every thought and emotion are all reflected in the chakras energy and affect how each one will regulate the flow of cosmic energy that we receive from spirit and the flow of energy that we give out and receive from all other dimensions, including the physical one. The work we do with ourselves while incarnated will be reflected in the conditions of the chakras and therefore on the seven layers of the aura. The more developed they are, the more refined their energy becomes, the more they can accommodate the soul, as we extensively explain in our episodes on the chakras. But for each incarnation, their development has its limits. Let's take our physical body as an example to elucidate such restrictions. When the soul incarnates, it chooses its biological parents in order to ensure that the building material of its physical body will reflect the condition of its higher bodies, as they are all interconnected. Our body, then, is made of specific building blocks and DNA. Throughout our life, we, depending on how we behave and the choices we make, may develop it. We can eat healthy, exercise, and treat our body in such a manner that we facilitate its growth into its higher potential. Its development, though, its higher potential, is not without barriers. However much we may work on ourselves, we won't grow wings to fly. It's not in our DNA. In a similar way, our higher bodies, for example the astral and mental ones, have their limitations as well, because of the attributes held in the matter they were shaped from. We live then, we work on ourselves, and through personal effort, we develop all of our bodies to the highest of their potential, and then we die. Each time we do so, we leave our bodies behind, almost all of them, to dissolve into matter again, the energy that shapes each dimension. We, thereafter, go through the processes of the afterlife and reincarnate again and again. And, on our way down into our next lifetime, the matter our soul will pull to itself from each dimension to reshape its bodies will be refined to the degree reached in its previous incarnation. Our bodies then, in each new lifetime, reflect our development and give us a higher starting point with new and greater potentials. This is the coherent structure of evolution as observed by our sciences, applying in analogy throughout the physical and the higher worlds. Please keep in mind that the development of each consciousness, while reflected in our bodies, is not easily assessed by the untrained eye, especially when such assessment is based on appearances and the physical body alone. 
we need to be very mindful not to project on others our ideas of what the body should look like and assume to understand the consciousness's development or what the other soul intended to achieve or learn in this lifetime. We incarnate then and live in the playground of manifestation, where we have the opportunity to learn and develop ourselves until we reach the potential of each lifetime. When, according to the will of the soul, such potential is reached or the circumstances that would facilitate our development no longer exist, we die. Remember that for the soul, incarnation is an opportunity for growth. Where no growth is possible, it would be a waste of energy, physical and otherwise, for the soul to remain in this world. We thereafter leave the body, and after going through certain processes, we come back with rearranged circumstances and improved bodies to facilitate further our evolution. When the time comes for the consciousness to leave the body, our energy system, the chakras, together with all etheric channels, break their link with the physical body. According to Tibetan medicine, withdrawal of energy takes place in stages. First, the solar plexus and the sacral chakra begin to dissolve. The person starts to lose her sense of power as well as desire. Then, the heart and throat chakra withdraw their energy and breathing becomes less easy. This is the stage when consciousness stays longer and longer beyond the body, as it becomes harder for the body to accommodate it. The root chakra follows, withdrawing its connection with the earth. The consciousness then removes its anchor from the sacred chamber in the heart and moves to the third eye, which gradually dissolves as well, and the consciousness moves on together with the spiritual energies of the crown chakra. This process may take hours or even days to go through, depending on the condition of the body and the cause of its death. But one of the things I have observed in several occasions is that during the last 24 hours or so, the etheric body becomes unable to withhold and sustain any energy sent to it, dripping from it like water from a leaf. This is one of my significant signs that the body will not bounce back and the soul is preparing to completely withdraw from it. When it does, the consciousness might appear like a soap bubble, with iridescent colors shining through as it leaves the body. As of habit, I like to open a window for it. It's a new state for the consciousness, and it might not realize that physical boundaries, like walls and windows, do not restrict it any longer. This is when certain entities, in my tradition called angels, come to assist. They are beings of light, usually seen in violet shades, that come to help the consciousness dissolve its connection with the body. 
and guided through the higher realms. This is the second sign for me. The closer the angels of death are to the person, the sooner or more likely it is that the soul has decided to go. Another consciousness may also come to welcome the departed and help her become aware of her new state. It may be a parent, an old friend or a spouse. It doesn't really matter to name the nature of the relationship because their connection may lie in previous incarnations and relationships of the soul instead of the present personality. For example, when the father of a friend departed, the consciousness that came to welcome him was of a man whom I didn't know. He showed me that he was a truck driver, and when I asked the departed's family, the daughter said that her father had a friend from decades ago with whom he was really close, but died a short while into the friendship. Angels and friends then come to the aid of the departed. One thing that might also be important in the release of the soul from our world is the conscious or unconscious permission of the relatives for them to do so. My grandmother, for example, was the woman who took care of all of us, the entire family. When she got ill, one of the things that weighed her down and would cause struggle within her was her concern for us. After her etheric body became unresponsive, as explained above, her consciousness remained out of her body, breathing but barely for hours. I then connected to her and let her know that we would be okay, that she should, for once, do what is best for her, and that was exactly what we all wanted. She passed away a few moments later. When the consciousness is released from the body, the journey back to the source begins. It stays for a while in each dimension to go through certain processes there, until it's ready to gradually move on. This takes time, which is only relevant for us incarnated in the physical world. In the beginning, the consciousness stays close to us, to what it has known for years. Part of it enters the astral world, the first dimension beyond the physical one, the same world we experience while dreaming. This is a world of emotions, the world where the consciousness will have to live and experience dealing with what it can from its emotional nature, now separated from the physical correspondences. Dense emotions, desires and attachments developed during the physical lifetime are worked through and refined as much as possible with the assistance of angels or beings of light. When dealt with as much as possible and to a degree that allows for the next step, the consciousness will move to the mental dimension and go through the same process, now concerned with its mental nature and processes. And so the journey of the consciousness continues until it reaches its monad, taking with it the lessons and principles distilled in each lifetime until it springs back again 
down into existence to resume its development according to the records of time or Akashic records and its karma. This cycle for the average adult takes about 70 years, but it will depend on the development of each individual, the refinement of the chakra energies, and therefore the bodies and issues of each dimension, as well as the capacity to become conscious of our existence in the corresponding dimensions when we leave the physical one. The challenge in becoming conscious of which dimension we inhabit lies in the fact that, as we are immersed in the worlds of illusion, we assume the personality to be the real self and perceive the environment, events and experiences to be as real as ourselves. As we are not always able to transcend our issues in this world and realize the illusionary state of this playground and what happens to us, assuming this world to be real, or at least as real as ourselves, so do we treat the astral and mental dimensions as well. Think, for example, the time we spent dreaming. What we call dreams is our consciousness living for a while and experiencing the astral dimension, the first one occupied by us when we depart from this world. Most times, what we experience there is our reality for the duration of the dream, much like the physical world is our reality when awake. But sometimes, we may get glimpses of awareness, living in the dream world while aware that we are dreaming much like those glimpses of clarity we get in our daily life, realizing for even a few moments that what we see is just a projection of our consciousness trying to become aware of itself. Such capacity will depend on our personal development and the transmutation of our chakras and bodies to be able to perceive such truth and transcend the illusion of existence. The sooner we do so, either in incarnated life or in the afterlife, the more consciously and therefore faster we can work with our issues and move on to the higher aspects of ourselves. This will also depend on our state leading to our physical death. For example, my grandmother was becoming increasingly aware that this lifetime of hers was coming to an end. She was therefore more conscious of what was happening and her journey upwards was smoother. When she left, my grandfather sank in depression and got really ill, really fast to finally depart a few months later. His depressive state made it less easy for him to realize what was going on after leaving the body and therefore took more effort on his behalf to become conscious in the astral dimension and move on with the appropriate healing in that realm. What I have noticed that might help consciousness be aware of their journey is that many times angels will guide them and help them witness their funeral and say their goodbyes. After that, Contact with the physical world and other consciousnesses are blocked, 
in order for the departed to go through the healing it needs undisturbed by us. There are ways around it to find out where the soul is at without disturbing their inner processes, but there is no real reason for it, because we can rest assured that spirit, the angels and the guides of the departed will go through their transmutation, for such is the path of it all. Let us now gather all that we have talked about on matters of death and the afterlife. As the formless, absolute beingness manifests into a universe, so does the soul incarnate in the physical world and lives as a personality in the worlds of illusion. But, as explained before, each great cycle is made of smaller cycles, links that bring the high spirit down into the low world of forms, only to spiral back up to its source. In the great cycle of existence, each of the myriads of souls' incarnations is such a link. The soul then breathes out its activity, extending itself into the worlds of form, and when time comes, reabsorbs its essence back from the physical body only to repeat the process when its karma demands it. During the process of leaving the body, the links between consciousness and physical vessel dissolve and the departed will stay close for a while, partly here and partly in the astral world, until it's time for it to break all ties with the earth and withdraw completely in the astral dimension to proceed with healing its issues. Angels and guides will receive the departed, help her navigate the new reality and work through her emotional, mental and spiritual issues in the corresponding dimensions. For the soul, this change in dimensions is but a slight change of state, almost irrelevant in the bigger picture. For the soul, life is a continuum from its first emanation and manifestation into the worlds of experience all the way through the different realms, the soul just expresses itself, collecting lessons until it becomes aware of itself and fully realizes its own attributes and those of its spiritual progenitor. How we experience this process depends on our own development how we live our lives in this physical world that will determine the state of our capacities and the condition of our chakras, the energy of which is projected outwards in this and most of the other dimensions for us to become aware of our own nature to the degree we have evolved to perceive. Our journey, therefore, of self-discovery and development begins in the present moment, with every new now, with every new breath. By working on ourselves, the chakras and the corresponding bodies, we bring more and more of the soul's essence into our conscious mind, until the personality, in its introspection, finds its true spiritual self. So, now, Focus on the present moment, this precious moment. 
With your next inhalation and every new breath, bring your consciousness to your experience in the now, to what you find within you and all around you. Enfold yourselves with kindliness and acceptance, reassuring that whatever you find is okay. Now, slowly close your eyes and let your mind visualize the unbound waters of the sea. See the waves splashing as they reach the shore, coming and going. Let yourselves relax with the rhythm of the waves as they spring forth and caress the dry land, only to withdraw back into the ocean, only for a moment before marching back on the beach. Day in and day out, the waves shine bright under the blue sky and the golden sun, turning silver beneath the moon of the night, staying dark only for a moment before the new day blossoms. It is a ceaseless breath, a cyclic rhythm, an outbreath of activity followed by an inbreath of rest. This is the rhythm of the cosmos, the rhythm of existence, the movement of life, and we are part of it. We thrust ourselves into this world of experience, only to withdraw back home, which is spirit, and thereafter come again to live into this playground of manifestation. Now, take a deep breath, observing the sensations in your body, bringing your awareness to the present moment, to what you find within you and all around you. And allow the perspective of the soul to remain with you as you go on with your daily life, together with the knowingness of this movement that underlies the cosmos. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Lotus podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please consider supporting the show by following, sharing it with like-minded people, or becoming a patron to join our community and enjoy extra content. You can find more about us on our website, thehouseoflotus.eu. Thank you and enjoy your present.